biking through here yesterday and there were some <laughs> there were some guys doing like they were using folding chairs and they were dancing like they were almost doing like as if they were pr practicing lap dancing oh really and the song was it was like a one remember like trapped or headstrong or whatever that <laughs> but with a reggae beat under it like i was like a custom mix i was like what, what the, the hell fuck? it was who was their audience I, well, I don't think there was an audience <laughs> it was very niche let's put it that way I'll do that sometimes. I'll just like mash up songs in my head. Okay. But I never thought to put trapped, headstrong, and a reggae beat together. Well. And to make it danceable. Right. You gotta be pretty sick. Maybe it, it wasn't headstrong. It was, uh, it, it was that vocal timber or whatever, timbre. Yeah. It was that line of. And the reason is you oh, remember that okay. song? Yeah. Yeah. That was the song? Yeah. <laughs> Three so Days Grace or something. Huba Stank, I oh, think. Huba Stank. Yeah. Uh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that was different, man. That's so funny. Have you had a lot of work recently? No, it's been pretty slow. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh like I took most of May off. Okay. And then <laughs> it wasn't like there was anything waiting <laughs> in June when I kind of signed back on, but yeah, it's all right. I got some. I get a few shifts a month at the news station. Okay. The odd uh, little corporate thing, real estate. Yeah. Nothing. Shooting a music video in July in Drumheller. Oh yeah. Should be fun. Is there gonna be some hoodoo shots? I, how can you not? I think they want to do like a western, like a period piece. Oh okay. taking time off no I just looked the other day and I've got something like 22 banked um, vacation oh, shifts shit. Nice. so yeah I've got to start taking time off more frequently because that's gonna be doubled by the time I I reach my anniversary date right they'll get mad at me so you could take three weeks off straight? Yeah. Just because I work uh, five days a week. Right. So the weekends don't count, so okay. it's not consecutive. Right. So, um, yeah, I, right now I could take five. Right. Just from the way it works out. Interesting. But, like, again, just like last year, what am I going to do? Well, yeah, I don't know. You have to go somewhere. Yeah. And that's like, that's spending money. <laughs> so it's almost like defeating the purpose. I wish I could just get paid out. Like it's not good to just not take vacation, but I <laughs> personally feel fine. Right, you don't need it. Yeah. You almost want to save it for when you really need it. Yeah. 
And they won't just pay it out? No, not unless I quit, which is an option. <laughs> just quit. You know, I've been thinking... Uh... They usually do like the screw you over thing. Right. Um, where they like make you take vacation right when you uh, give your notice, but... Tough. That's the case, I'd just walk out and leave. Makes them send me a check. Flip a table on your way out the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I want the border to reopen so I can go to Florida. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Gotta be there. Can't wait to get back there. There, It gets a bad rap, but it, there's also some just incredible, like, landscapes and right. scenery down there. Yeah, I've only been to Orlando. Mm. I was too young to really realize what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I wish I've I wish I had seen more of Florida. I've kind of only seen like I guess like Cape Coral area okay. out west to the Gulf. Yeah. But twice we tried and didn't make it into Miami. Oh, okay. I think my dad and his buddy got scared or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> Too many Cubans there. <laughs> Too many something. Yeah, I was like, I was considering my options because I'd like to spend at least a period of my life living someplace tropical. Right. But there's so few options for like, I guess, uh, first world cities. Right. Yeah, they're in that like tropical band and almost all of them are Asian cities and the language barrier is just the thing and right. politics and right. potential war and all that stuff. Right. So. Right. Yeah, that's Florida might be the move. Yeah. I think the state tax is pretty low there. Yeah. I think all those uh, all those Cubans will keep it from going communist. Right. Right. People that have lived it once before are like, you know. Yeah. And DeSantis will keep it from going communist by the, yeah. by the sounds of it. Yeah, it seems like it. That guy's got the Trump vibe of just the oversized suit jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and just going for it. Dad suit. Totally. There's so many great Twitter accounts that is like so-and-so complaining about so-and-so. I found the DeSantis one. Yeah. People whining about DeSantis online. He's a fascist. <laughs> He's a fascist. He shouldn't be allowed to speak. Right. Exactly right. We're going to make a list. Remember that? That was the best. Yeah. As soon as Biden was in, we're going to make a list of people that's like, okay. <laughs> you know where that leads? <laughs> I mean, we're already there, and they were already making lists. I'm sure. But it was just a social media branded list. Right, right, right. A blue check, blue check verified list. Tim Dillon went on an epic rant today on the show about how he's leaving Austin. Oh, yeah. It's worth a listen. It sounds like a good move. I don't know what the attraction was to Austin in the first place. Yeah, I've never been, but... From the outside, it seems like a, a broke San Francisco. Right. Without the ocean. Right. Right. It's landlocked. 
and uh, it's not that big of a town. Yeah. And there's a reason why it's like a blue dot in a sea of red. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know Devin or uh, Doug went there a few years ago for the what's the big festival South by Southwest. Yeah. He said as a tourist for a week, it's great. Yeah. But well, I imagine there's a lot going on during South by Southwest. Right. Yeah. It's as big as it gets for them. Yeah. That's where you saw Bill Murray doing it, his music show. Oh yeah. It's like Bill Murray and a pianist and a cellist. Oh, it's okay. bizarre shit, man. Depends on who's at the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Remember that line in Fubar where he's like, drive your own fucking car, let your woman stay at home. <laughs> Just like yelling at people driving by. Yeah. Jump on this one and go. Sure. It's really great to be able to be outside and not uh, suffering from allergies. Oh, you're not finding it? You don't have allergies or you just don't find it too bad? I don't have them anymore. Oh. Usually by this time, this amount of time outside, it would feel like I just had a bunch of stuff inside my nasal cavity. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to breathe through my nose. Just watch out. Right. So you just cured yourself? Yeah, it was all the fasting. Nah, that does it, man. Clears you out. I thought pollen was, pollen seemed worse this year. Yeah, it's crazy. Cars are just covered in it. Right. thought to getting out and playing some music yeah eventually probably July August yeah the more I delay it the more time I have to rehearse the better it'll be <laughs> for sure and also I don't want to be a part of that first wave it's gonna be annoying oh right 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 just the fucking well I think that's what we're seeing right now yeah 
Now you can have 20 people. Once they open her up, yeah, it's just fuck. You thought it was bad getting in here today? <laughs> yeah. It's whatever. I just need things to get back to normal so yeah. I can find a little pocket of space. See if they're still in the same place. Right. Like a venue? Uh, yeah. Either physical or right. psychological. <laughs> Well, I wonder when things do fully open up if the venues will be like desperate to get people in to perform or if they're going to be misers about the stage time again. Yeah, I don't know. I know there's going to be open mics because the hope is what those people prey on. People running the venues and everything. So right. I'll hit those up. Beyond that, I'm not really, not really concerned. Not dying to meet uh, <laughs> local audiences or right. whatever. Just need live rehearsals so I can right. record better. Right. Recording is such a... It's an art unto itself. Yeah, it's, com it's almost completely separate from like the art of performance. It is. Because of all the editing that's obligated. Right. I've been fooling around with miking up that drum kit and it's just like, it's misery. <laughs> so that's not what it sounds like, but why is that what it sounds like? Yeah. I guess because it just bounces off the wall. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I, I don't have enough mics either. Like I just, I stick one mic on the kick drum and then just put a mic over top of the rest of it. Yeah. It's just. So goddamn loud. Yeah, you probably don't even need a mic on the kick. You can just do an XY pattern over the cymbals. Mm, just get it all. And then you just have to EQ properly. Right. Worked in the 60s. Is that all they did? Yeah, for the most for a part. Lot of it? Yeah. 50s, 60s. Before multi track. Mm, right. Makes sense. But yeah, it doesn't really make sense to try to do a modern recording of drums. Because that means you have to have a room big enough that you can isolate it. Right. And then mics good enough that you can isolate each sound on the drums. And then a mixer good enough that you can control the bleed in between the mics. Right. And then compressors to glue it all together. <laughs> and everything I've just described is hundreds of thousands of dollars right. to get right. a decent setup with. And hours and hours of time. Yeah. Then you need someone who can actually play the drums properly, which yeah, it's a different thing altogether. I mean, you can get pretty far, yeah, just with capturing the sounds and programming them. Mm -hmm. People really can't tell the difference anymore. No, that's the other thing is you get into this trap of like. The average listener, whoever that would be, is not going to be nearly as sophisticated as you, the creator. Yeah. At least that's where I'm at with the visual stuff. Also, if you're creating and everything's quantized to um, to be perfectly in time, mm -hmm. then the whole point of, well, one of the major points of having live drums is, is eliminated, so you may as well just use sounds. Right. 
There's a lot of good JJ Kale recordings where it's just a drum machine. Yeah. Yeah, and a million cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've just been locked in, um, learning and rehearsing sets, so mm. I haven't been paying too much attention to the zeitgeist in any way. <laughs> it's been a much better way to live. Oh, it really is. When you are the zeitgeist, <laughs> rather than other people's ideas. Yeah. It's usually about 10 minutes of scrolling Twitter that I just give up. <laughs> slam the laptop closed. It's like, I don't need any of this. You know, work on your timeline. <laughs> well, that's it. Is it's usually it's usually all good. Oh, okay. But it's just like, uh, what is it? Is it like the Facebook effect where it's like, do I care about all this stuff? Right. To be wasting exactly. my time on it. Exactly. You get overloaded. It's like oh, I can't do anything about any of it. Yeah. Like that soccer player that collapsed yesterday? Yeah. Uh, all these people, well, he was vaccinated. It's the vaccine. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, I, just, I don't need to hear this. <laughs> it's like... But I'm also fine with all the dissenting viewpoints. It's just... What good is it? Yeah. Brandon Hans had a kid. Oh, nice. Yeah. We were over there last night. It's just quite hilarious to see a guy that big with a baby. Oh, yeah. A fresh one-month-old baby. Yeah. He's just palming it. the one year anniversary of my podcast next oh, week. Nice. Nice. How many episodes did you get to? Um I think tomorrow will be 49. That's pretty good. Yeah. That I posted. Good. I recorded well over 60. Okay. But some just weren't fit to print. Yeah, they were more I guess personal or right. not really broadcast quality. Sure. Not that any of it is. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've uh, settled on a format with it, so it's good. It very much has that. Do you do you often do it uh, after work? 
Yeah. Yeah, it very much has that like getting home, kicking off the shoes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's really output for the sake of it. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a lot of what this is. It's yeah. Like a, I, some get a big spike in viewership when the guest shares it. Oh, okay. But if I don't promote it, it really doesn't. Yeah. I see it as almost like a free option. Right. There's still like some amount of pressure because I'm recording it and putting yep. it out there and someone's going to listen to it eventually. Mm -hmm. um, but also it's so, it's, uh, it's such poor quality that it can only be considered raw material. <laughs> and it's pretty great raw material. I've gotten a few oh, yeah. songs out of it. One of which is one of the best I've ever oh, really? Damn. done, which makes me really happy. And then so you might say that it's even completely worth it. Oh yeah. All of it. Yeah, 100%. You've gotten that. Yeah, I went through with Melodyne and um, went through a bunch of the, uh, the things I recorded in it. And mm. Printed the recordings in MIDI so now I can notate it and figure out what I'm doing. Okay. And use those to... Uh, That's pretty cool. To, as pieces to write new songs. Because so, a lot of that stuff, when, you, when you're recording, it's just like a sketch that you maybe have had for, what, a few days, and now you're going to tease it out? Not even. I'm just yeah. improvising. Oh, really? Yeah, I try the... <laughs> at this point, the format is... Hi. 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 Little Andy's. Um, yeah, I, I just try to get like six sketches together by the end of the right. podcast, okay. so ten minutes each. Right. And uh, yeah, I, the only thing I know is what tunings I'm going to be in at okay. the beginning. Yeah, that's a crazy thing. But there's something about seeing the, seeing the recorder being on the red light, so to speak, that yeah gives it some value i think yeah there have been a couple times where either by the end of the podcast i'm just out of ideas or mm -hmm. a tuning is just not working for me and it's a bit of a struggle interesting but in my experience sometimes those uh good stuff comes from that mm -hmm. right that's where like an idea is really trying to come out but it's almost out of your grasp yeah but it's there that's part of why I do it like right after work, and especially okay. I record it on a Monday. Oh, nice. There's a like, there's an inherent like release of tension in the creative process. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, like abusing people or beating your wife like so many of our faves resorted <laughs> <laughs> to over the years. Right. As their confidence waned. Right. Well, just the general tension of daily life can be enough if you can channel it and you can focus hard enough. Oh, there's something to that for sure. Because this week I basically didn't work at all. Yeah. So you're at home, but all that is still in you to do. Yeah. All I have to do, go outside with the camera, point it at the clouds and shoot a time lapse for 45 minutes. Right. And it just, whatever that is, yeah. just this took a little weight off because I went out and just did something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely taking action is important. Mm. 
And also cloud time lapses are, they're magic. Because you can't see that with your naked eye. But oh, then, right, yeah. You know, you shoot one frame every six seconds. Yeah. And then you play it back, and you just see the way they come and go. Yeah. Fucking unreal. You get the sense that some of the, a lot of the podcasts we listen to is like as much, it's mostly for the presenter. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're just hooked on doing it. I think anything else is more similar to radio. Hmm. Oh, it is. Which is a sales platform, basically. Right. Oh, yeah, that's what it became. It is kind of fucked up. Basically, all media is just a sales platform. Just the way that Facebook is just like digital real estate for advertising. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that so many people just accept that and then just right use it like a utility like a like a tap for water don't, don't think about what decisions are going into it no i know <laughs> it's like media consumption is like some people's chief hobby yeah you know some people's most people <laughs> it's a lot of people all people I'd broken my come town addiction and then I discovered the premium episodes are on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's just so bad, man. I was talking to Fian about it and I was like, we were kind of trying to intellectualize it, but I'm like, I, I think you can't. I think it's best <laughs> if you Fian don't. listen to come town too? He's aware of it. Oh, he okay. has listened to it, yeah. Because <laughs> he's kind of into some of those leftist, uh, like, Chapo Trap House. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, you just can't really, you have to just take it for what it is. It's completely a joke. All of it is a joke. Yeah. They just are willing to make the jokes that nobody else really will. Yeah, which is pretty sad because they're not really revolutionary in any no, regard. They're just really. mostly stupid. I know. I'll just like say a slur. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it can be addictive for sure. Well, because I heard someone say, you know, or they even said it, it's like someone has told them where it's, it's like a friendship simulator. Like, <laughs> it's like you're just sitting with three people. Yeah. And you know what they're going to say all the time. Yeah. They only have two moves. Right. Right. Gay and N-word. Right. Right. Somehow it's always surprising. I know. I know. One thing I would say is that is is the one guy's ability to do some of those impressions is pretty high level. Like yeah. The Michael Douglas is pretty good. Yeah, for sure.
Well, I'd say listening to that made me somehow feel like I got a sense of humor back. Right? <laughs> yeah. It improved. Yeah, I thought that um, it was like a return to not having to know to know why uh, the helicopter. About 50% of the jokes, there was like a delay. Okay. For whether or not, like, everybody was doing the cultural calculation, <laughs> whether or not they should laugh about it. That's fucked. So you're saying with Cumbtown, it kind of removes that? Well, there's no audience, first of all, so there's none of that, like, leftist peer pressure, right. humiliation thing going on. Right. Um, Yeah, I'm sure it's another one of those shows where the average audience is a lot different than what you think. Yeah. It might not be something. I feel like it's probably a lot of like just younger incels. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I don't know. There's no way of knowing. Well, they have a Reddit community. So oh, really? Make a hundred grand a month. Yeah. To basically do like two one hour open mics a week. It's ridiculous. I mean, I'm fully in favor of it. And that's not even counting the sponsorships. Right. Which is incredible that they have any sponsorship the way they do the ad reads. Yeah. But that's like, because they have a following outside of it, right? As yeah. comedians? As far as I know, uh, Nick Mullen started it as like a vehicle to promote their, uh, right. their shows. I really thought it, I, I really thought it would have uh, fallen apart with the quarantines and no shows and all that stuff, but right. somehow it was even better. There's a couple episodes. Oh. The terrible episodes are the ones that I kind of treasure as a fan. <laughs> And it's good to know that they'll still do it, even though right. they're on a bigger platform. But Yeah. Well, that's why I thought it was so funny. Everybody cried when Joe Rogan went over to Spotify. I was like, yeah, but you guys have that show also. Yeah. Like, what do you... <laughs> what the fuck did you think? That's how you knew it was just a cry for attention. Yeah. By just getting angry and using that energy, hopefully, to start their own podcast. Right. Finally. Hopefully. Yeah, so I'm going to fork my podcast. I've got, right. Uh, I've got enough material that I can have a second a bit more formal podcast or okay. do a bit more of the process hopefully get better at that 
Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing that's great, like this podcast as it is now, is like improvisation practice. So I try to just get like a whole song together within 10 minutes. I'm not quite there yet, but okay. Maybe after a few years of doing it, I'll be able to just like knock out song ideas at a clip. Right. Which would be incredible if you could find a way to then monetize it. Like if you became a, you know, if that was your profession. Yeah. Well, ideally, I just use it to like put all those ideas together mm-hmm. into the type of thing that most people don't have either the funds or the patience to produce. Right. Something that's pretty, uh, pretty personal, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, everything personal is just obfuscated. Like, I'm not gonna yeah. be so obviously like bleeding out in a mm. recording or whatever. <laughs> Not, like that's that's the worst way to go about it, anyways. Mm. But um, but personal in the sense that like, you're the source. Oh yeah, I guess so. Doesn't necessarily have to be. I've been toying mm. with ways that I could do some kind of guest format. It's mm. just a matter of whether or not people feel comfortable enough to improvise, right? Which is part of why this fork I think will be good, so I can maybe open it up to collaborations. Because I don't think I'll find too many people wanting to improvise. I don't want to have a bunch of episodes of people who maybe try it and then realize they're not good at improvising or they don't like it. Right. Wow. Yeah, there's probably plenty of people that wouldn't want to... If they had any kind of name, they wouldn't just want to go out and improvise and then eat shit. Yeah. So, (laughs) about two months ago, three months ago, I had a, uh, I recorded one drunk. Oh, nice. And it was a mess. Just horrendous? Oh, so bad. I'm drunk. Very drunk. Like, too drunk. Um, Like, slurring your words? Oh, yeah. For (laughs) sure. Um, Right on. Like, just all over the place. Right. Harmonically and rhythmically. The mechanics were going. And then I decided to uh, play something I thought I knew, and I just didn't know it. <laughs> I just absolutely butchered it yes. for like 15 minutes. That's uh, also an important part of the process. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, it was a great realization that, uh, not that I needed it, but that <laughs> alcohol is not my friend. And uh, it doesn't deserve any credit for any of the output That's good. that had preceded it. and. I really haven't had, I've had next to nothing to drink since. Oh. <laughs> Mainly because I actually have things, like, not knowing a song is, like, completely counter to everything I want to be doing in my life, so. Right. What's the point of alcohol? Oh, 100%. It's for after. If anything. It's like That's the thing. I have so much shit to, <laughs> to like, learn and work on. Right. There's no after. Right. After maybe in like 20 years. <laughs> yeah, because then it just becomes like a crotch or like a reward. Yeah. Because at this point right now, I'm trying to learn 21 songs okay. and make solo acoustic arrangements out of them. So I need to take like individual parts and combine them. Mm-hmm. I have over a thousand parts <laughs> in those like 21 songs. Damn. 
over across all the instruments. Holy shit. So I need to create guitar parts basically that represent everything that's in that's gonna be in the full like recording. Right. Because you can like you edit things in, edit, edit things out. Sure. You have the whole landscape, but if it's just one or two voices going one direction, then you need to consider all the performance elements. Um, right. And that's just the guitar thing, and then I need to write a compelling vocal arrangement um, for the recorded product, and then also for the performance. Right. So you don't really have the, the benefit of ad-libs if it's solo guitar performance or anything like that right are you gonna loop when you're when you're doing these performances like use any of that looping i don't think so i've seen like bands have rigs where they have right. um uh they, they have basically loops for each section of the song okay so it's all the background sounds and effects and all that and right. they're just on a loop just in case they want to uh, extend the song that's interesting i think that's more that's closer to what i'd want to do because i do eventually need to have uh, other players, right? Um, other performers as well. So, yeah, that's kind of the direction I'll be going because the loop pedal can be really limiting. Yeah, it can be. I just think it's interesting that you say, like you could have a song with 50 parts in it or whatever, and yeah. then you're gonna just play it solo. Is like, how do you choose exactly what parts of the song to play? Yeah, well that's kind of how I decide whether a song is worthy or not. Mm. Like if it can scale from solo right. to like, at least to some kind of stage. Because after right. writing so many songs I can kind of tell what songs are like, nothing's going on, it's basically just a bad nursery rhyme or if it's <laughs> something that could like translate to like, right. uh, um, work for a large audience. So I try to work the songs up to the point where they're at least applicable to like a theater sure um, scale that's um, neat and that's just it's it's kind of like knowledge of formatting but also more uh, knowledge of like timing and right attention spans <laughs> Yeah, I guess, yeah, so there is some some thought towards the the audience there then, what they'll tolerate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because ultimately, I'm the audience as well. Right. And that's, like, I don't, I don't pursue any songs further than my attention span. So, like, if I can't memorize a song easily, it's usually because it's too repetitive. And I get lost, like, counting. Ah. Um... But then there's also songs that I enjoy too much that'll like get lost in like the feeling of playing the song and then I'll lose my place. Right. So it's like a careful balance of those, like my enjoyment and potentially other people's enjoyment. Mm. So it seems like audiences really enjoy repetition and yeah. <laughs> certainly all dance styles of music are a testament to that. But I think there's a way you can carry that through the length of a performance without uh, just Four on the floor <laughs> sure. all the time. Interesting. So we do lots of things with. Uh, I think I mentioned that I was um, that I translated the the color wheel right into 
beats per minute and then also into oh. the chromatic scale. How did that work as far as like the faster the tempo was into the reds or into the blues? Uh, well, it's a, it's a cycle, right? So they right. overlap. I can't remember which one's the fastest. Um, yeah, I guess the blues, blues and violets are on the faster side. And red is the slowest. Right. That makes sense because what we know of UV light is like the blue waveform is yeah much shorter. But yeah, in terms of like taking ideas and uh, advancing them, uh, having uh, 12 notes and 12 keys instead of seven notes if you're in a, in a diatonic scale or just mm. five notes if you're gonna do like a pentatonic scale. You can go a lot further. And then since you have a wider palette, right. then you have the benefit of time to play with things. So modulations and uh, tempo changes and all that stuff, you're considering what the um, corresponding like color is. I find that a lot easier to remember than hmm. um, G is the fifth of C and stuff like that. <laughs> Isn't that something like synesthesia? Yeah, it is kind of, yeah. Where other senses are perceiving. Yeah, but... I don't, I don't, I've never seen music, mm, but yeah. for some reason the color thing makes it make more sense to me. I don't know what it is, I can't explain it. Just the way you're wired, I guess. Yeah, but uh, that's just, that's almost like a, something that breaks me out of writer's block, pretty much. Because mm. all I do is just follow like the sounds that are coming into my head. Mm. Put those together, right. but if I don't know where to go next, then I consider what I haven't tried. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm barely moving as fast as you are. <laughs> so, like all my songs have modulations and key changes and all that stuff, but they all, they're not jarring unless it's deliberate. Okay. And they're all within kind of the realm of pop music. So every, all the sounds and rhythms and all that are familiar. Okay. And it's just, uh, I have a million different ways to like trick the ear and get people's attention. Mm. Um, so I just try to load, load the songs up with the uh, ear catching stuff. That'd be cool if you could translate some of those approaches to a visual. Like if, not that you want to, but like so much of advertising is like the hook in the first three seconds yeah but nowadays so much advertising is silent yeah but if you could figure out what it was that was ear catching that you could make people catch in other ways would be yeah that's part of the reason like my first set of songs here i really i just went a hundred percent with all those things i just talked about right like no holding back right no considering um tastes or whatever i haven't gone back with like my music theory lens and like caught all the tritones and things that are wrong right quote unquote so why would you really yeah 
But um, the idea is I'd like to figure out kind of what works for what. And then make my decisions based <laughs> on the type of responses I get. Mm. Obviously the best case scenario would be a bunch of like people who know a lot about music saying I don't know what I'm doing or whatever and then like <laughs> analyzing it and then just harvesting right. that attention but right that, that might be the move yeah I guess that's kind of what strikes me is that's the one thing you're now missing is just you need the feedback from the world yeah there was that university professor that wrote some scholarly book on Bob Dylan and then Bob Dylan called him a fucking asshole <laughs> I found I'm getting that same raw creativity from the uh, the photography still. Yeah. I'm making Instagram posts. Okay. But lately I've been fooling around with Instagram reels, which are like 30 second vertical aspect clips. Right. So that's fun because you can stack multiple widescreen images in a vertical frame. Okay. Shit like that. It's like, how can I make something compelling in 30 seconds? Yeah. And as a creator, it's kind of a dream because it doesn't take that much to get 30 seconds of usable content. Yeah. So what kind of things do you, uh, do you capture? It's a lot of nature stuff. Like I have all this stock footage I shot in 2015 for Driftwood. Oh, okay. That I'm now repurposing. Because it, it looks okay on a big screen, but on a phone screen, it looks totally fine. Okay. And then I freshen it up with some new time lapses put music to it and just try and create like a my, my whole thing is just like I want my friends to be scrolling and see my post and just stop for one second and go huh and then keep going yeah it's just like an interjection of zen or at least a thought yeah. that takes them out of the present and nature seems to do that pretty readily yeah, I think it would. That's cool. Yeah, it's... There's also something for what, like you said, you just did with the music and the expression. You just, like, went without holding back. Yeah. I think that's the key, at least for some of the raw creation, is just to, like, follow the instinct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I have that same kind of philosophy. I remember reading somewhere a long time ago that Aphex Twins music came out of him having DJ sets after raves. Oh shit. Some bikers coming behind us. So, uh, he would put his own songs in the mixes. And that's kind of how ambient music came about, because people were, like, spent. Yeah. And they just wanted something to float on as they came down? Yeah. yeah. Aphex Twin, I remember that name. I remember the logo. Yeah.
So my original kind of conception, at least for how I approach sketches, is the idea is, is how would this idea stand out if it was in a lineup of other people's ideas? Right. And it's kind of just hmm. as simple as being yourself and not relying on references too heavily. I think that's 100% it. Chick Corea had that quote where he said, be yourself because the more yourself you are, the more money you make. Yeah. Like the niche that's that you quote. right? The niche that you occupy is as deep as you because it is you. Yeah. And as Peterson said, that's what the intersectionalists would understand if they don't bloody kill each other first. <laughs> or kill all of us or whatever. Yeah. So should we start putting together some kind of actual Boreal Parks almanac? I think now the time... got like nature footage. And yeah. Absolutely. Acoustic songs. Yes, totally. I just, need, I just want to build like a media platform for launching, not for necessarily participating. Mm. I'd like it to be closed, but almost okay. like a, a record label, but not strictly a record label. Interesting. Okay. Content label. That's what Boreal Parks that could be. Now, what is the output? Like, what is the deliverable? The deliverable is my album, and it may be. Okay. Uh, well, that's the first thing. And then I'm not sure what after that. That's like, okay. There's other things I want to do, but not necessarily on that platform. Like, there's a clear aesthetic, acoustic music, and natural images, and okay. conservation of the boreal parks. Right. That doesn't necessarily fit with, I don't know, trap music. <laughs> sure. But there's something about kind of the current landscape of a kind of deferential folk that's not moving the needle at all. Right. I feel like there was a movement towards that in about 2012, like with uh, Laura Marling. Yeah, the kind of UK and new folk thing. Mumford yeah. And Sons came from that. Yeah. And. Definitely. Yeah. New folk, right. And I think that like, that was when Levon Helm died and there was that brief uptick in people rediscovering the band and the, the idea of the basement tapes. Yeah. And the Lumineers kind of rode that. Yeah, the, the Decemberists as well. Right. Yeah, that was kind of like the last, the end of indie rock music. Cause like- Kind of was. In terms of it being uh, relevant in the mainstream and not being just full on pop. Right. That's interesting because that was when that Bonnie Vera album came out too, but it was Right. I mean it was folk, but it also had its heavier moments. Yeah. That that whole like movement thing didn't really find a a wider home. No, it never did. It just kinda hit and stuck for an instant. Yeah. Which maybe is better. It didn't become this defining, you know. Yeah. It wasn't like Woodstock four yeah, and it didn't turn into a bunch of people making the same music and like, right. cross-pollinating to the point where right. you get that 70s effect where everything in the 70s is representative of a specific right. set of 
marketing approaches, basically. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, right. all those things we just said about the 2012 period That's is not what kind of what I'd like to <laughs> go away from. Because all that was was people trying to make it for a long time in the industry, mm -hmm. for the most part, and then making it, and then just making sure they didn't like lose them all. That right. seems to be the story of almost every movement. <laughs> well, but, that's, yeah. They want to make it for making its sake. Yeah. But you just want to create, which I think I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I'd much rather, like, toil with no recognition. Right. In this, like, specific vein. Yeah. I have my current set of songs, and I have two more. Yeah, I have two other sets of songs that, right. like, I have a whole like, narrative structure that I'm going through, basically. Okay. But um, it'd be very nice to find other people who are kind of like-minded like in that specific way, and then just try to build something wider within that little, right, that little bubble. And it's just by virtue of uh, this set of songs being the first one that I got through completely. Because I have other sets that are kind of more rock based and more electronic and I've just okay. separated them in that way. Alright. Mainly just because this is where I'm living. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it lends itself to a certain sort of music. The abundance seems to be in the natural here, so. Right. Can't find much inspiration in our 10 block downtown core <laughs> to do something extremely electronic or industrial or rock based. It all just all converges on folky. Mm -hmm. The way nature converges on crab. <laughs> well, there's something to that because I mean, this city is still so young in the global scale yeah. that I guess it's still in the the nascent stages of what it could be. And so it's tied to the land still. Yeah. We must acknowledge that land. Oh God. Not that it was owned by somebody else. Because <laughs> it's a fertile plain that's full of ideas that haven't been explored yet. Yeah, I think that's the right kind of land acknowledgement. I mean, I have no problem with any of them, but yeah. the idea that acknowledge it for what it is too, it's a good point. Yeah, so thinking that way, I haven't like settled on anything, but I feel like it's an interesting enough approach to pursue further. Like I've got 21 songs. I don't think songs necessarily hit as hard without a visual element. And I really don't have the resources or time or patience right. to cover <laughs> that visual element. Well, that's where I come in for sure. Yeah. Because I also don't have the, I realize I just, I love playing music in the moment, but to, to sit down and record is just, it's, it's not, it doesn't move me as much as the visual. Yeah. So that's a good partnership there. Yeah. I think something can be put together. Um, I don't know, I'm not too concerned about end goals. Right. Personally, I'm not concerned about making money from it. I certainly have no desire to sell it out to whatever platforms are out there unless it's like the rawest stuff that nobody would steal. Right. So could you get into something that was episodic or would it be just we're driving towards one 
one full piece. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not too married to it, uh, okay. to any kind of specific. All I know is I have 21 songs, and right. I'm kind of more focused on the performance side of things. Right. But you don't get to perform these days unless you have some kind of um, genuflection to the industry. Sure. Showing that you respect the technology mm -hmm. <laughs> and the past and all that. I think it's just a matter of, of finding a hook that, well, not even a hook, but just something that we can both vibe on that feels like, okay, this is, we're both getting an equal amount out of this. Yeah. We basically need to build a style guide and yeah. find the platform and then find the pattern to repeat. But also build a style guide with no references. <laughs> yeah. Or a few references. Yeah, definitely. Because it's all been done. Like you, like we, we talked about that playing for change video where that guy's just playing in the park yeah Bob Dylan cover and then there's the, the Laura Marling thing where there's a bit more you know avant-garde to it where they're just cutting in b-roll basically yeah well those uh that Bonnie Vera one's interesting where they're just like weaving through the back that was wicked back streets of Paris right like that right I thought of because we've spent so much time in this river valley you spent way more than me like we could find a way to have enough contrast and maybe even conflict mm. along these paths and trails um, to make a visual for a song compelling mm. that might be worth pursuing well I think I do think time lapses could be a big part of that because you show people something they can never see just That's like true. music makes you hear something you really can't see yeah I wonder if there's a way you can uh, you can like combine uh, time lapses with like live footage. I was just thinking that, man. Together, if you could, it would take some skillful masking, but you could, especially if you had a guy with like if you you're sitting and playing, for instance, in front of like a pretty clear blue sky. Yeah. You could mask that out and then lay in the time lapse and then the clouds are just... That'd be pretty epic. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Ideas like that I think are really, are really interesting because given like the length of a song is maybe three minutes, four right. minutes. Right. Well, yeah, ideally I'd like to have most of this like seem live. Okay. So I'm going to have like a super fruit produced version of uh, of the music but mm -hmm. I'm not really into lip syncing okay I'd much rather just like have Play. a canon of live performances mm -hmm. almost like the jam bands did right but instead of having it being like a pilgrimage where other people <laughs> visit the band right I, I would like to do the traveling interesting Boreal Parks and Boreal sure. Park take it back Frankly, the boreal part of it is depressing to me because the idea of being stuck here for the rest of my life is pretty grim at this time in world affairs and personal affairs. Right, well, you could take the boreal out of it, I guess. You could be a world almanac or the world... I just have it as the park's almanac in all my, okay. all my notes. 
I saw like your uh, that map you showed me oh, of all so the people cool. who've listened to the podcast. Yeah, man. Who's the Nigerian guy listening? <laughs> it's, got, it's gotta be a bot. But if it is not, and it's a real person, yeah, God love him. Well, it would be great to have that kind of reach with whatever podcast I I, mm-hmm. I do um, going forward, and it would be a great almost automatic content creator right. to have like places to go to not have to think about it because every city has their park system and right they have their landmarks and all that so like the the blog attack thing where they go to different monuments and famous streets in uh in paris it would just be nice to have that be kind of a natural based almost regional or climate based thing you could totally do it especially nowadays just so much of it is you have to create content regularly and keep rolling it out yeah and then you got to do that bullshit networking (laughs) yeah you know which i don't mind doing some of that doing some of it on tuesday i'd like to eliminate as much as the need for other people as possible right so like if i can get it together where i can record the songs to an acceptable quality that'll be great um that's probably the reason why I'm spending so much time working on solo acoustic things so I can do shows like I have enough songs that I could do an hour set right if I ever get up to that level um, and there's certainly a precedent like the new folk movement all those people involved with it are mostly solo artists okay and they don't always do tours with bands plenty of them have done like solo tours and have been able to sell tickets and stuff and remain relevant so there still seems to be an appetite for um, paying for and going out to see live music. Definitely that, and there'll be a, there'll be a spike in it this summer into the yeah. end of the year. And then there's a visual element, like lots of uh, DJs and stuff will project stuff behind them. Sure. So if we're doing some kind of um, yes, absolutely. Mass editing and all that, and that's kind of that's something that easily translates without too many, too many issues. I'm just trying to make everything mm-hmm. kind of make sense, like one step at a time. Yep, yep. Because in the end, like I need to, <laughs> I need to before, perform basically. So right. The more stressful all the other stuff is, the harder that's going to be. Well, yeah, I would say we just get going on it, and you look at it and say yes or no, it's on brand or not. Yeah. That's great. That'd be pretty cool, actually, to have you performing with like just t- cloud time lapses and whatever else. Yeah. Water flowing. Yeah, you keep it simple and just keep it kind of elemental. Mm-hmm. Just like cover each of the each of the seasons, each of the elements, and mm-hmm. each of the like weather patterns. Yeah, that would be. I mean, that's a great, and that's easy enough to do. Yeah. I can do a lot of it from my backyard, or I can do it half an hour down the road yeah yeah and there's so many like so much dynamic range in the songs i'm writing that okay. there's lots of cues nice different moods it's not just like a general thing where you're gonna have to figure out a hundred ways to do one thing to keep it interesting right it kind of lends itself to a flow yeah you're saying there's lots of contrast going on 
lends itself to keeping the energy up. Okay. Oh yeah, man, it's, it's really what I'm seeking is a purpose to shoot. Right. So this would be good. I guess it'd be good if I could start listening to some of the music. Yeah, I could send you instrumentals and stuff. Okay. Vague notes. Yeah, I get a new computer so I can record oh. them. I'm getting thoroughly uh, thermo-throttled <laughs> since, <laughs> since winter ended. And it's, it's very frustrating. Right. Are you going to get a Mac or are you going to like build a PC? Because you get a lot more bang for your buck with a PC, I think. Yeah, but I can't do what I need to do in terms of... Uh, like the features of the Mac and specifically Logic are uh, like what I've what I've built all my music on. Right. So I'd have to change all that. But like the building PC, it would be easier to build a PC, but um, all the stuff I'd need for music is more expensive on that side of things. talking to Brandon last night and he said that there's a event like a group of people in Edmonton that are coming together as an investor group to buy the Princess Theater and he knows one of them and they want to obviously keep it a movie theater but also do live shows okay so I'm gonna stick in his in his radar about that and see if I can get that guy on the podcast yeah it's cool because that's a cool venue and there's two rooms oh is there yeah never been Really? Did we didn't see something there? No, we did not. We always went to Metro. Yeah. And now Metro is doing live music too. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, that's great. That is good. Although that room, I don't know. <laughs> the sound in that room, man. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in there. Just crying watching Driftwood. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, yeah. I went back and listened to some of those songs. <laughs> never not finishing a song and putting it in something That's fair. ever again. Well, I appreciate that you did it because it was cool to have original music in it. Yeah. But yeah, that, I mean. I'm glad I did it overall, but. Right, same here. I, I consider almost all that stuff non canon. <laughs> non canon. <laughs> in my career. That's interesting. Well, yeah, I mean. I am very close to finishing a Driftwood song, which is good. Oh, cool. Together. Drone shots, right? Okay. Drone shots too. Yeah. Imagine you on stage, and then behind you projected like just a slow drone rise from yeah. the from the water's surface to just like you know a hundred feet up. Yeah, that would be cool for sure. If and if we could time it with a certain part of the song where there's a lift. Yeah. You know? Well, as I was saying cool. with that, um, the live rig and having loops, right. the video portion is a part of that. So oh, that's okay. like a whole way they do live music now. Like everybody's hooked in with ear monitors. Right. There's people like on the side of the stage controlling the lights and also doing any sort of, uh, I actually do want to go here. You do? I haven't been yet. Sure, yeah. Um, controlling the lights and controlling whatever projections are going on and that's a part of the like, performance experience. That's a performance position in and of itself. Oh yes. Currently a lot of that stuff is super scripted so people are doing the same show every night everywhere. Oh yeah. But I don't think that's really necessary and that also costs a lot of money to automate to that level. 
No, I don't think so. You could do it off a laptop. Yeah. So much of it is automated. Like so much of it is just preloaded elements. Yeah. You're just hitting the switch. So, yeah, I'd like it to be somewhat kind of... Um, interesting. Mm -hmm. Like there's actually people behind it. And, un and unpredictable, so mm -hmm. it's not like I'm not just like reading myself my shopping list <laughs> while I'm performing shows. Right. You want to be into it. Yeah. Giving yourself. I'd like to know if it can be worth it. Right. Because the stories of touring and performing aren't exactly compelling to me. No, it always, it always ends the same way with like some kind of vice or... Yeah. Some kind of like faux religious. That was the thing that they were chasing the whole time when everyone thought they were just loving the music. <laughs> right, right. Turns out everybody in the band hated each other. <laughs> All those things are. Right. Things I'd like to avoid. Well, it's unnatural in some ways to just to do that. It's just a money making structure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's different. Yeah, definitely different. It's all the same. All that rainwater, eh, just in that swamp. Yeah. So yeah, ideally it would be nice to have it be something that is viable enough to like take on the road. Right in America because it's not really it's not possibly it's not possible for it to be economically viable only in Canada <laughs> just because of the travel costs right like the, the sheer distance of it all yeah and there not being enough people in just about any city you can go to it only makes sense if you're doing like a week of shows yeah yeah, I don't have enough songs for that. Mm. I could do two or three nights though. That'd be cool. Songs for that. Especially if I can get a band together. Mm -hmm. And then contrast between acoustic stuff and band stuff. Right. And I'm currently, because of the podcast, I've got enough material to start writing okay. the band arrangement. So I have a whole new set of songs coming up. Just got it. Just a matter of doing it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. At least ten of them for sure. I know are going to be in it, so I need ten more. Okay. Roughly. How far out does that seem? Um, the way things are going, uh, and with how much I'm rehearsing the current songs, I should be able to have them together by the winter. Okay. In the current set, I should be able to play all of them by August. And recording depends on getting the money together to get a better computer rig. Mm. And then recording them won't take too long. It's the editing and mixing. Right. I need to decide if I'm going <laughs> to outsource them or not. Yeah, well. We're still looking around for someone to mix, give and take, and we keep coming across all these guys that just do audio mixing. They just, they want to be paid, <laughs> yeah. which is fine. 
but they are out there. I think I'd benefit more from trying to figure out if I can do it myself. Yeah. Because that would be like a skill. For but sure. And again, if I suck at it and or I hate it. It's just a time thing, right? Oh, I don't mind that. Did you see those it's hard to keep perspective when you're editing yourself, but I think I've right. I think I've started to get there. Well, it requires being pretty savage. Oh yeah. Like hacking and slashing. Yeah. But then there is like a fine point where then you you actually are then going to start fucking it up in the edit. Yeah, for sure. We're at a point with give and take where we, a scene that we took out almost, it was like the first thing we took out, yeah. <laughs> has now made its way back in. It's like, wait a minute, you guys. <laughs> yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> It's important to pay attention <laughs> to your senses and see if you're actually like taking things in or if it's just the numbness right. that's going through. <laughs> your hands are moving and you're just ruining uh -huh. things. <laughs> totally, I color corrected something the other day and then I watched it back and I just wanted to cry. <laughs> I was like, but I thought I was fixing it. There's something. There is something about, maybe it's the same as having the red light on and being and recording where it's like the time is of the essence when you're creating. Yeah. Like you can't just go forever on the same thing. Yeah. Eventually the idea just exhausts itself and then you lose the kernel of what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I personally have no idea like how that works visually. I haven't developed that in any way. Right. But you would know it if you heard it. Like yeah. if, if your shit was just... I am cruelly critical about, <laughs> like, my time and what I'm listening to. And, uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> most most music, especially, like, radio stuff, right. I, I barely give it a minute and a half <laughs> these days. Right. Yeah, well, I know from experience that I'm not missing anything. Not really. You know, the second chorus is going to be copied and pasted. It's not <laughs> another like vocal take on the other on the other side. Um, it's all just comped, so right. It's not like I can be excited by any kind of like quirks or anything. Right. Because they're all like selected by committee. <laughs> yeah, comp vocal takes are kind of kind of horrible, aren't they? Well, they're 100% necessary now. Sure. Just to be relevant. But um, overall, I think like the formatting of the music is what's holding everything back. Mm -hmm. um, there's been kind of no room for experimentation. Right. And uh, like Disney is the most innovative music <laughs> um, producer in the world. 
and it's been that way for like 30 years or something which is ridiculous because they're <laughs> extremely behind like what's actually going on right locally across around the world but nobody's dedicating more money to performance you're talking like the soundtracks from the movies yeah like those things resonate way further than any of the number ones that um, is true <laughs> like the past 30 years right for things where people who know the songs haven't even seen the movie that's true what's that is that just like the tin pan alley shit where they just found out formulas and hooks that yeah pretty much or like the Motown right. method or I guess right. country music is yeah. um, should be in that category as well because it's super produced and like current country music yeah yeah like they it's so robotic. Well, it's basically it's American K-pop. Basically, they're doing the same thing <laughs> totally on, on both sides of the pond. Yeah. Does so K? Go ahead. No, does K-pop use the same like archetypes the way country music does? Lake, beer, truck, dirt road. No, it's uh, it's more gender-based. Interesting. Uh, like you know how manga comics in um, Japan they're like categorized by gender and age group. Okay. K-pop is a similar thing. So young girl groups all they sing about is like coming of age their first like infatuation right um the like mental struggles of puberty uh the male groups uh the young ones all talk about the same thing as the young girl groups and then the, as they get older it like transitions into like i'm a free person and like mm. individual autonomy um and then the men usually like branch off into like navel gazing um, <laughs> what the fuck is going on with the world type things uh -huh. and, and all that stuff and then the girl groups are all about empowerment because that's what liberal um the, what the liberal agenda is right now right so yeah it's a uh, it's a bit wider but it certainly sells like people are still buying physical albums there well wow. and on mass it's not uncommon for a fan of a group to buy five plus copies of an album just a, as a collector. Yeah, and it's so reliable that the release format is such that they re-release things just so people can buy more. Right. None of that money goes to the artists, of course. <laughs> no. How dare you suggest that it ever would. Well, that's why, I mean, with the, at least with the Boreal Parks Almanac, it sounds like, not that it's about the money, but like the touring structure, whatever that might be, the, all of it, the arrangement, everything would be on you. Like there's no label? Like it'd be true and in, truly independent, is that fair? Yeah, I guess so. Unless I find somebody who's really like, right. who's kind of at the like level of control freak that I'm at, who'd <laughs> like to just have a platform that's similar to mine. Oh, I'm sure they're out there. That we could bring along. Yeah, and I'd like to find them because I certainly, I don't want to be stuck in acoustic mode for the next 10 years. I'd like this to just be a season right. that I revisit every year. Um, and I'd have just enough music to perform throughout. Hmm. It's not called Black Busker Podcast for nothing, and it's not <laughs> the first thing I've done broadcast-wise for no reason. Ultimately, right. I'd like it to be just a year-round thing where I have reasons for seasons, so to speak. Right. 
Well, I think there'll be a real spike in, in community building and and all that shit. People are going to be starving for... It'll be interesting to see who spent, <laughs> who spent the lockdown time looking after their shit and yeah. honing their craft. And people who are going to just dust off the guitar now because people are there to, to watch again. Yeah, that'll be super interesting. I'm really excited about the prospect of having a lot of open mics available. Just to see like what people are going out there with. Ostensibly, people don't want to crash and burn in an open mic. They have some kind of delusions that they're going to do great. Right. But like getting on stage with something you're confident with is hard enough. But mm -hmm. something you're not confident with, or something that somebody else's like. Right. People doing covers at covers at open mics. <laughs> yeah. No more covers. I think, I don't know if they've loosened off the restrictions or whatever, but there was so much busking on White Ave yesterday when I was driving down it. Oh yeah. Like full on, like a, like an electric band with a, with a drum kit, just oh. on the corner. And I'm like, I'm thinking, do you have to get a permit or could you just do it? I think officially you do have to get a permit. I don't know what the rules are, I should look into it. I'm not too interested in busking. No? Okay. Just because I'd like to find an audience as soon as possible. Right. Well, I'd like to get sharp as soon as possible. I'm not too concerned about an audience because I don't know how much of an audience I'll be able to find, like, physically. Right. I'd like to collect... Um, I'd like to get sharp and I'd like to collect, like, visual footage and have a platform online where I could sure. pedal my works. Rather pedal my works online than locally. Okay. Because the local angle will require some kind of racial angle. Oh, you're yeah. trying to push past all of, like the the rhetoric of right. whoever's getting the favor for attention from the media, <laughs> and I, I'm not interested in that. Not, at all. Like I even hmm. I don't really care to be talking about conservancy efforts and um, I don't know the Keystone Pipeline. <laughs> it has nothing to do with what the songs are about. It has nothing to do with what I'm about. Mm -hmm. But it all like comes into territory, so I like to avoid that like as much as possible because I don't care. That's pretty fair. Yeah, that's kind of where I fell away to. Is just like I'd rather just let the work do the work and not have to then, like you say, yeah, go out on a local stage and, and have some kind of ideological stance on everything just so that you can be accepted yeah it's like all the answers that you seek about me are in the work i shouldn't have to tell you then that yeah you know this is how i feel about xyz yeah that's why i'm not too concerned about courting a local audience because i don't I don't expect people to be paying as close attention, like, live as they could be if they owned a copy of right. something and were able to listen to it more than once. Right. So I'm fine just presenting a, an acceptable, if idiosyncratic, product for people in the hopes of getting sharp. Okay. Well, and even the, the global audience, so to speak, that you could cultivate if that's what you put your effort into is, is obviously so much bigger than whatever you could develop here. Yeah. And that's what the idea for like the live 
open mics. That's what I think it would be great for. Right. Just to broadcast, and I'm sure we'd get some people just from wherever who want to hear people be bad at music. Because for the most part, nobody knows what uh, what good and bad music is. <laughs> well, I suppose not. It's a matter of taste. Yeah. There was some guy just plugged in with the white Gibson SG. <laughs> just shredding, just with no backing, just shredding. <laughs> Standing in front of what used to be that old Army and Navy on White Ave. Okay. And just a couple of guys gathered around just vibing to it. But like, there's always going to be a few guys that will vibe to anything that you could imagine. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, once I realized that, that's when I started to like make myself be serious about writing. Right. Because the last thing I wanted to do was like lose myself in other people's attention and then have one of those moments of clarity where I realized that maybe I wasn't representing myself properly and it was for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. Certainly that's why I left music school because I was learning a bunch of things that didn't represent me. I felt like I was sure. wasting my time. Oh, that's fair. Being told, yeah, it's tough, because it's like being told how to do something that comes naturally to you, but then being told these are the frameworks to do it in. Yeah. To have some kind of, what, prestige? By the institution that invented the prestige in the first place? It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't thinking this way, I, I don't default to this, but when I look back, there is a little bit of a, all of my teachers at the jazz school were white, <laughs> telling me about black musicians. That's kind of, there's something to that. Well, that's the t-shirt, right? <laughs> yeah. And then teaching me what was right and wrong in terms of that thing. But, but they were all like decent musicians in their own right and they knew what they were talking about but I wasn't at a place where I could communicate what I right. wanted or what I was doing in fact I was actively avoiding expressing myself mm. um, I think uh, I'm much better off having only spent a year there and seeing enough of that side of things right you know what to avoid Certainly a lot of people were having fun, but I didn't hear a lot of great music coming from the students. <laughs> no, I think... <laughs> now, would you, have, would you ever say that you might have been better off doing that education later in life? No. I ruined it for myself by going to London like the mm -hmm. month before I went to uh, McEwen. So I was like in the, in the like basement club scene. Right, here's the cultural capital. Yeah, listening to like the cutting edge of electronic music. Right. And then going back to a jazz school, being forced to learn songs that were like 60 years old <laughs> and being heralded as the most relevant thing. And then like as a guitar player playing jazz, it's just... There's no precedent for jazz players being important in bands except for a very few who hmm. were like virtuosos and then they're right. for being virtuosos so to make, to like satisfy the, the structure of the school just required me to like 
run scales all day and just right. like workshop or woodshed all these like scales and structures and theories and all that and it was just the absolute opposite of what I wanted and diving back into that I think it would only ruin things right and isn't it true that so much of that so much of that you could get from a, a YouTube education if you wanted it yeah for sure the only thing back then you'd be missing is like being in a community of like-minded people or whatever right. college experience but which some very few people who are into the same thing as me no plus everybody that and that point is just a fucking degenerate really yeah like you're just there to drunk you know drink and screw yeah and like i'm not diagnosed but i'm definitely on the spectrum because i keep finding myself <laughs> in life getting super into things okay and like being in communities and then finding out later that like everybody in the community was just in it to fuck each other basically. I've, I've been had. <laughs> and uh, then it clicks that like right. nobody was putting forth their best work. Nobody right. was like really focused on like building the thing. They were just networking. Right. And then eventually some people get together, some people don't. It breaks up. The potential for uh, mm -hmm. kinetic exchanges are, yep. are lost. So. That's an interesting thought. There's the communities that that build around ideas, but really the idea is not the the product. Yeah. You know, like what you're describing. Where then you might be you might be hard pressed to find a community that centers around an idea where the idea is the the most important thing. Yeah. Maybe you find that in well, that's deeply why. religious communities, but yeah. Well, that's why it's like imperative to have it be an independent solo thing right because right there is no group idea building yeah the only way you do that as a group is by having like the corporate structure and like the car right. building that, right that. and people getting paid yeah and then, hi hey how's it going oh, hi. <laughs> um and then figure out what's uh Oh yeah, and then you uh, then you like cut people into size, right? To like fit the template or whatever. Yeah, that's a crazy thing. The collective just doesn't seem to work. Uh, as far as uplifting any real, in this case anyway. Like everybody has their own self-interest, really, at the end of the day. And the only way to tamp that down probably is through like authoritarian rule or, or the corporate structure where there's the threat of losing your position altogether. Yeah. Because like even the pyramids, weren't, weren't the pyramids as an example, they were built by sl slave labor most likely? As a yeah, I guess. euphemism for what I'm trying to talk about here. Yeah. It's like even greatness usually requires some kind of coercion. Yeah. I would think. Well, certainly in an era where progress is only superficial. Right. So actually building something um, because it's superficial means that you know, have a lot of smoke and mirrors and right. deceptions and lies and make everybody believe that 
what's intangible is actually tangible. But yeah, I, every part of me knows that I'm peddling imaginary waveforms of sound. Well, so. yeah, there is that. But it's, it is potentially more than that, what it could do for a person. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Well, but, it's done a lot for me personally, so. Right, well, there you go. Did they get the boat out of here? No. Or did they? No. This would be a venue, hey? If they could get this fucking thing going? Sure. You don't think? Doing a show on there? I personally wouldn't do it. No? Too much of a novelty? Uh... Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Something about it I don't like. I don't know. <laughs> fair enough. Too many Titanic vibes, maybe? Doomed. I actually don't know why I don't like it. I'll think about it. Yeah, think about it. Because I am concerned. I don't, I'd be curious, I mean, I just fucking say I, shit because it occurs to me with no second thought. I just had a gut response to it that was like, I'm never doing that in my life, and I don't know why. <laughs> would you, let's say the princess became a venue, would you Would you go to that? Would you play at that? Yeah, theaters make sense. Okay. Maybe it's because I don't have music that makes sense on the boat. I don't think many <laughs> songs make sense on the boat. No sea shanties. Yeah. That's fair. So you really believe that there's that that, that matters, right? That there's a venue for for your sort of for your style of music. Yeah, and it somebody doesn't... has to think about that. Sure. Yeah. End up doing a bunch of fundraisers and church shows or something. Right. cover band together playing <laughs> under a tarpaulin on the front lawn. Dude, don't remind me. I will do anything to avoid a similar experience. Yeah, that's a good point, man. We were playing under a tarp. Honestly, I'd rather play on that dirty, shitty plane than on that boat. <laughs> That'd actually be a sweet venue, except just the sound would be dog shit because of the traffic. <laughs> yeah. Right, like you could frame the shots in such a way that you'd have no idea where you were. Yeah. But I think the sound would be pretty atrocious, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be very difficult. I don't think you could do it live. Sure sounds horrible right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing two podcasts on Tuesday outside, and I'm wondering if like the foam, 
Is the foam windsock going to be enough? It should be. Considering um, some post-processing. Okay. What would that look like? Just as some kind of multiple band, like tweaking in the bands? Yeah. It's also funny getting guests and how to use microphones. <laughs> the fucking thing is just opened up away from them and they're still talking. <laughs> That's why like the lav mic is not ideal for a podcast, but it is almost better to just put it on and then the guest forgets it's even there. Yeah. I just don't like the unofficial nature of something about having the stick but that's a fabrication in my own mind the lav is also so bassy yeah you have to usually raise the, the mids up and shit Korean barbecue bonanza this weekend, this coming weekend? Yeah, may as well. I'm all practiced up. Nice. Just need a fire. I'm so bored. Performing would better be like, <laughs> I'm putting so much weight on it. But it better change my life because the rest of things are just incredibly dull. Oh, absolutely. It's all so goddamn boring. Like, it, for me, it was like the Saturday night Oilers game doing camera in the stands. Yeah. Having not been able to do that is just like nothing else really compares to, <laughs> to doing your shit in front of like thousands of people. Yeah. Yeah, I'm genuinely concerned that like the way life is going right now, I don't have for enough material to actually build out the story I want to tell. Ah. Like I'm gonna run out. <laughs> I, I haven't lived. Yeah, you're gonna have to. That's a that's an interesting point. I remember Aziz Ansari said something like that about that show that he did two seasons of, and he's like, well, I've said all I can say about being a comedian in New York City and going on dates. Right. 
Yeah. I don't know, David Lee Roth said something about moving to a new town every now and then keeps you, keeps you skinny and alive or something. Maybe that's it. Yeah, it sounds like a good move. As soon as I get to the point where I can perform all my songs reliably, it's very likely I'm going to hate all of them. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm going to need momentum to move forward. Especially after recording and mixing and mastering. Right. It's right. I've heard all of it hundreds, thousands of times. Right. And eventually it's going to be like a, a flat printed thing. Yep. Very likely I won't ever want to listen to it more than once. I think that's kind of a curse of creativity. I think so. Is that a... Because at some point, it's not for you. Yeah. Yeah, so one thing that's difficult is usually whatever the songs are about, about like halfway through the writing, I've solved that problem in my own life. Right. So then it's just like a, a retread and a review. Right. I figure out the best way to communicate it. And generally, all those things start with some kind of like trauma or like emotional pain. For sure. So it's like picking a scab over and over. Right. Yeah, I, I totally hear that. I think so. I mean, that's all it really is, is, is some kind of problem solving, right? On some level. Yeah. So. And then you saw, and then so the real trick was that the capitalists figured out that they could market people's <laughs> problem solving. Yeah. That's what I realized about about getting high, getting high, and going into the river valley was some kind of was some kind of traumatic or uh, trying to rehash the trauma and figure it out and solve some kind of problems. Yeah. And then once I just stopped doing that, it was, I realized like I'd solved the problem probably years ago. <laughs> yeah. I just hadn't been conscious of it. Yeah, you're just paying the therapist <laughs> 20 years after. Right. You realize you're the, you're the actual problem. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, if I could have as many things similar to my current podcast, right? If 
I can just fill my entire life with those things, I think I'll be okay, right? Otherwise, there will always be something that I'm fighting against. Deep sense of boredom and familiarity, right? Well, yeah, that is it, actually. If you could just fill all your time with personal expression and yeah. problem solving and all that. And novel, not, not, not novelty in the in that sense, but just newness and, and like, you know, breaking new ground, so to speak, yeah. regularly. And risk as well. Right. Do you think there's anything to your physical surroundings being inspiring or not? Like, that's obviously what you're talking about with the, with the park's almanac in some ways is like... Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's connected to the art I make. Okay. Like my, my living space. It's because I don't think about music visually. Okay. I nice. certainly think like the acoustics of it are detrimental to the process. <laughs> Fair enough. But I'm not sure that I'd necessarily want to be living in the type of acoustic space that's right required for clean recording. That's probably a good point because now I'm on the other side of the spectrum where I just find my neighborhood and my house kind of gross right like uninspiring yeah yeah there was an article can't remember what publication but about how um, uh, architecture in Canada is so referential that it's very easy to film things because it just Everywhere looks vaguely like somewhere else in the world. There's no like natural character right. to any of the places. That's what the old Marxist film scholars used to call any space wherever. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I certainly felt that when I went to Los Angeles and there were areas that huh. just looked like the original version of what people were trying to do with like homes in the river valley here. Okay. And out in the suburbs as well. Like the homes looked exactly the same. The only thing that was different was the trees. Right. It was just less green. The landscape. Yeah, yeah. Well, that has to be a money thing, right? Like, that just has to be, like, this is the cookie-cutter approach to yeah. housing people. Yeah, for sure. It was a lot more grim in Los Angeles because, like, <laughs> all the sprawl. Right. Too many people. You know what's grim is when you're coming into Calgary on Highway 2 and you, you hit that, you start, you come in on that rise and you, you come into Calgary and it's just all that housing. Yeah. It's like, oh. Like, obviously it's, the population isn't so much bigger than it is in Edmonton, but just to see it that way, coming into it. Yeah. It's actually surreal. London's a similar thing because they have all their housing projects. They always show them in the, like, British shows, but yeah, it, it's bleak. It is bleak because it's just like, you get that sense of like, it's the same sense I got last summer driving around with Sam out in the fucking middle of nowhere on Highway 40, kind of between Edmonton and Calgary. Okay. And it's just vast nothingness. Yeah. And you're getting into the mountains, Rocky Mountain House and stuff. It's just like, I could die out here and they'd never find me. <laughs> yeah. In the same way, there's like, there's a hundred thousand individual lives in these houses and I'll never... Like, we'll never, none of it matters <laughs> in some ways to me. Yeah, it's all just kind of the same. 
it all just washes out right. Yeah, so in a way, like, the current song set and the Parks Almanac and all that are kind of my, like, therapy against that kind of thinking. For sure. I know from, like, doing the, like, the Master Gardener course and stuff, oh, yeah. that, like, opened my eyes that green spaces aren't just, like, just uniform green, like, there's a lot more going on. Mm. And that helped the world be a lot more interesting. That's cool. The natural world, at least. I don't, <laughs> I don't expect every city to be full of, like, a, a ripe culture that's uh, ready to be plumbed. But I'd certainly like to find a place that that has that going on, because I'd like to live in some place like that once in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Just to feel what that is like. Yeah, it's where there's a lot of risk and uncertainty, but also possibility. Right. And that's the, yeah, that's the trade-off, I guess. I think we were here like two or three times ago when I said that like being safe is the thing that's like the hardest about all these lockdowns. Mm, yeah. And as we come out of it, the safe space that is Canada is hard to be in because mm. like I think about places I could go where there could be some like possibility and it's either like just super clean, super space, super friendly mm -hmm. um, or like East Hastings Street. <laughs> Right. And I don't know of places other than maybe like Montreal where it could be like lively and right. interesting to live in, but it might be worth finally taking that trip across the country and figuring out what's going on. Right. Yeah, you might find something. Or you might just find what we were saying before is that it all washes out and it's all the same. <laughs> Certainly know the prairies wash out. I've seen enough of it. Met enough of the people. Yeah, man, I was talking to Doug the other day and he was telling me some stories about when he went to like Southeast Asia and Cambodia and all that and Vietnam, yeah. I guess. And they went with this guy who strapped a car battery around his son's neck and with the two clamps and he would go into the pond and electrocute and fish would float up oh. <laughs> and they'd harvest the fish and they'd eat the fish. Wow. And then the kid would get a cigarette for his reward. <laughs> the kid was like six. <laughs> then he was telling me he's like this man and his wife would just have kids and the kids would grow up and move out and it was just this cycle for years and he's like these kids would grow up and move out and they probably would never see the kid again yeah i was like you know i never thought about that aspect of what traveling could be to see a, a culture like that just so in your face and suddenly you you don't get to judge them or you just have to see it for what it is yeah. Also, most other cultures are way more transient than, like, mm -hmm. Canadian culture. Right. I've never been a fan of, like, bumping into people, running into people, being recognized, <laughs> people knowing my name. <laughs> I like to keep it moving. Anything that makes the world feel smaller to me is something that I, I run away from. Right. So imagine you're surprised when you bumped into those people we knew. What was that, in the art gallery in England? Or? Yeah. Well, I mean, we walked past my coworkers there on the other. Oh, did we? On the other trail, yeah. It's or, just, I don't like it. <laughs> too, too tight, eh? Too no, tight. Yeah, it's. Don't like it at all. Well, yeah, that's fair enough. I, I there's something about that that I do like. 
But I also think I was I was probably brought up in a pretty sheltered way where like that seemed appealing just because that's all I knew. It was a certain amount of community and walls. Right. Yeah, I don't know that it's a nurture thing. I no. think that's just me. Okay. Oh, that's fair. None of my none of my family is like me in that way. Okay. Like I'll literally I'll love a place. Like maybe a restaurant or a store or whatever. Right. But as soon as they start like knowing my name and like knowing <laughs> what I'm gonna order and stuff, I just stop going. Although that said, we should go to Pampa. Yeah. <laughs> I love that place. Well, that's that's super transient. Like they, right. they don't recognize. No, no, I know. It's a corporate fucking, it's a corporate steakhouse, as they say. You like the low profile even more than me. I get off on a slight amount of being known, <laughs> just a little bit. If I could have none of it, that would be great. Like. Just giving up on social media and engaging in, with people oh. has been like one of the best things I've ever done in my That's life. That's great, man. Yeah, you don't need that. Really. I mean, although you'll find it hard to do anything with the, with the Parks Almanac without social media. I don't know how you would do it. Yeah, but I mean, you can just post things and just be purely output-based. That's true. And that's you're better off. Just output. Yeah. Host and ghost. Like the algorithm loves the engagement shit, but then fuck it, you can just just post and be undeniable and maybe it'll... Yeah. <laughs> I got a bug, Keith, because he, he used to bring food to the cookout and then he kind of moved into just bringing the wood and now right. he's like, can I just pay you to bring more meat? <laughs> like, bro... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that works. Oh, I'm fine with it. It's just because he's a. And certainly the guy. the wood and the fire are you need it. Like they're essential. Yes, for Not sure. Not doing anything without him. And he does do most of the splitting and tending the fire. I would say. Yeah. I'm just kind of there talking, with my mouth open. <laughs> <laughs> Another beer for anybody? But we all play our part, don't we? Yeah. Best to keep it mindless. Yeah, absolutely. Those cookouts are so good for that man. All right, man, thanks for doing it. That mic sounded good. Good. All right, thanks. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe as well and leave a five-star review.